This is Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat B'chukotai, Worth the Effort. In Parashat B'chukotai, God promises reward for good behavior, that is, following the mitzvot, and punishment for its opposite, abandoning the mitzvot. However, according to the Sifra, God is not merely asking for compliance or obedience to the precepts of the Torah, but rather hard work and effort in understanding the Torah and becoming the people we are charged to be. According to this Midrash, the mitzvah of Bechukotai Telechu, you shall walk in my ways, is not God's commanding us to succeed, but rather God's asking us to work hard. The Sifra teaches, in Bechukotai Telechu, Yachol Edu HaMitzvot, Kishahu Omer V'yat Mitzvotai Tishmuru Vasitematam, if you walk in my laws, could this mean to perform the mitzvot? Well, when the verse continues and says, and you keep my mitzvot and do them, behold, the mitzvot have already been discussed. So what meaning can I establish for, if you will walk in my ways? To labor in the Torah. The Sifra notices some redundancy in the articulation of what it means to listen to God and explains that this verse encapsulates two very separate components of divine service. Of course God is concerned with whether or not we keep the mitzvot. God gave us the Torah in order that its precepts be heeded. However, obedience is not God's only concern. God does not only want us to perform mitzvot with confidence, he wants us to put effort into learning and living a life of Torah. But why does God need us to work hard, to labor at learning? Isn't keeping the Torah sufficient and sufficiently difficult? Indeed, the Orachayim explains that this demand for relentless effort and striving categorically defies logic. He notes that the verse could have said, if you walk in my mitzvot, but mitzvot hai telechu or if you walk in the ways of my Torah. But instead it says, In my laws you will go. A chukah, or a chok, is rabbinically understood to be a law without any rational explanation. The Rechaim teaches that this terminology highlights the slight absurdity of the demand. V'tam katuv amel ha-Torah and the reason why the verse called laboring in the Torah a chok is that there is a mitzvah to even learn things that one has already learned two or three times, and are planted within him. But since God wants people to engage with Torah, he established this chok. And you will find that the rabbis of blessed memory said, in order that a person learn the Torah with constant desire, the blessed one in his wisdom designed it so that a person should learn and forget. According to the Or HaChayim, God's desire that we study and engage with the Torah is not properly or fully understood as a means towards an end. 
The demand to labor in the Torah is not about walking a rational path of learning in order to understand, understanding in order to obey. Even if a person already understands a law or idea in the Torah and obeys it completely, there is still a mitzvah to study that matter again. Not only that, but according to the Midrash that the Orachayim quotes, someone might be artificially made to forget what they've learned only for the sake of their learning it again. This is not just an unintuitive system. It is deliberately inefficient. There is no promise that repeating learning will promote deeper understanding of the material or a higher likelihood of compliance with the mitzvot. The engagement with the Torah is completely for its own sake. Labor for the point of labor. Whereas the Orachayim critiques this mitzvah gently, calling it a chok, a commandment that defies reason, others have not been so generous. In Masechet Shabbat, Rava is ridiculed by his interlocutor, a heretic, for struggling so mightily to study Torah that it is harming him physically. Hahum mina dechazyele Rava dekan ma'ayin b'shmata. Viatva atzba'ata didei tute kara v'kamayetzbehu v'kamav'an etzba'atei dama amarle ama paziza dekadmitu pumaychu lodnaychu akati befachazotaihu kayamitu beresha ibayelchu lemishma imatitu kablitu vilo lo kablitu amarle anan desaginan b'shlemuta ketivban Tumat Yisharim Tanchim. Hanach inche de Sagan Baliluta, Ketipahu Veselaf Bogdi Mishtem. There was a heretic who saw Rava studying intently, sitting with his fingers under his legs. He was crushing them, and his fingers were dripping blood. The heretic said to him, You hasty nation who preceded your mouth to your ears, you're still standing in your brazenness. First, you should have listened. If you could have managed it, then you should have accepted it. And if not, you should not have accepted it. Rava said to him, We who have a lot of perfection, the innocence of the upright will guide them. These people who have a lot of evil deeds, the perversity of the treacherous will destroy them. Rava is on a bench in the Beit Midrash, learning while sitting on his hands. He is rocking back and forth in studies so intense that he doesn't realize that he is squeezing his fingers underneath his own weight and causing them to bleed. These are not the study habits of a person who just needs to know enough to not run afoul of the law. His observer, a heretic, claims that the Torah is just too difficult and the Jews have made a mistake in accepting it. Reva replies that learning this way is valuable because sometimes if a person is less concerned with whether or not they are succeeding, they have a greater chance of success. In Torah, like in basketball, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. But Reva's behavior itself demonstrates that for him, the Torah isn't about success, about comprehending the Torah and then moving on from it. The Torah is difficult so that we can work through it and continue to find it challenging. But why is effort so important? Why does God prize it so? The Piazetzin Rebbe in his Chovara Tamidim explains that laziness is the most pernicious of habits for a student in Torah to develop. 
and he movingly articulates the value of hard work. Kol avodah lefi erech hadavar haniknet nimdedet. Dvarim zolim ushtutim kimat beli avodah niknim udvarim mikarim mehem beyoter avodah konimotam velamol Torah ulachaso betel kacho rak beavodah kasha yicholim lahagia. Every type of work is evaluated in accordance with the value of the thing acquired. Cheap and silly things are acquired with almost no work, and more valuable things are acquired through more work. Learning Torah and huddling under the shadow of God's holiness are only achieved with hard work. Not work that is larger or more difficult than a person is capable of, but of the kind that one needs to really put effort and strength into. Not just working when a task comes to him, but rather being a person who works, and isn't lax. Vahamitrape Osehu Kishaasha Baadavar Asialafanav, Avalhuba Atsmo, Eno Ish Oved, Nirdamhuba Vorato, Maarichba Lotzorech, Vorotse Rakbashitriut, Loyet Amet, Veloyet Amek, Vahaharut, Shuba Atsmo Ish Oved, Mivakeshu at Avodam, Ibneshe Efshalo Lalachet Batel, Havoda Hichiuto Veta Anugo. A lax person does when something that needs to be done is before him, but he himself is not a working person. He naps while he works, does his work inefficiently, and is only superficially invested. He doesn't put an effort and he doesn't go deep. But the industrious person who is in their essence, a person who works, seeks out work because they can't bear to be idle. Work is their life and their joy. They're not satisfied with easy labor, and their soul, which longs to work, won't be set at ease by superficiality. They work quickly, deeply, and happily. But the lax person, if he is so in his core, or if he was lazy and improved to the point of mere laxness, is not easily purified of this bad attribute. Because even when he does get up early, even when he does work, everything is done with laxness and superficiality whether in his learning or any other type of service. When he comes to uproot any bad quality from inside of him, 
he won't be careful to root it out completely and to fix it in all ways. In prayer, he won't put in the effort to concentrate on the meaning of the words. He'll want everything to be done with ease and superficiality, and he would prefer to think about nonsense rather than focus his mind and his heart on concentrating on the words that he is saying before the master of the universe. The Chovara Tamidim's criticism of laziness and laxness gives us tremendous insight into the value of being an industrious person and a hard worker. He explains that cultivating an appreciation of deep and difficult work is what lays the foundation for all religious and spiritual success. A person who loves a challenge is never going to be disheartened by setbacks. God makes sure to highlight the value of hard work because God knows that serving him is hard work. If we allow ourselves to privilege ease and to look for convenience, we are setting ourselves up to fail. Being industrious is the pathway to success in every endeavor. And learning to love hard work takes hard work. Working hard is a type of exercise and training. It strengthens the muscles through engaging in otherwise futile moving and lifting. But the Chovat HaTalmidim's assessment is not only practical, he also points out that hard work is important because things that are valuable often require hard work. Therefore, being willing to put a lot of effort into something is one way to demonstrate that that thing has value. Of course, we should work at the things that require work. But when we work really hard at something that doesn't necessarily require a high level of care or effort, when we decide that we want to work on something, that is a unique way of demonstrating its value. When we try to do things quickly and easily to quote unquote dispose of them, that approach can translate into a feeling that those things don't really matter. However, when we do choose to invest in a task, or when we invest in a person or a relationship, we are demonstrating to others that we consider those things or those people important. And cultivating within ourselves a sense of gravity and respect for the people and activities we are engaged with. Being deliberately inefficient can also be an expression of care. When you try to do many things at once, that suggests that each thing on its own is not worthy of attention. When we devote our complete attention to something, we demonstrate its worth. Meetings with the work colleagues are best when they are streamlined. Interpersonal relationships benefit from a sense that there is nothing we need to accomplish right now, that just being together is enough. God also shows his love for us by emphasizing the value of work, because when he places the focus on effort, and process, he de-emphasizes the importance of the result. When God shows that what he most wants to see is that we are working hard, that we are trying, he subtly suggests that he is not as invested in whether or not we succeed. God loves us and is proud of us when we try our best, when we show that we care. God doesn't need us to be perfect, which we will never be. God needs us to want to be perfect. God doesn't need us to achieve spiritual heights. He needs us to want to be close to him. This perspective is borne out by the final Mishnah in Menachot, 
which acknowledges that there is a vast range of costs involved in bringing sacrifices. A flower offering costs considerably less than a bird, which costs considerably less than a cow. Although some korbanot are very expensive and difficult to procure, whereas others are quite attainable, God does not seem to value the more expensive sacrifice over the one which costs less. Ne'emar ba'olat behema ishei re'ach nichoach, uv'olat of ishei re'ach nichoach, uv'mincha ishei re'ach nichoach, lomar lach, echad ha'marbev ve'echad ha'mamit, uv'vad shechaven libola shamayim. It says regarding the burnt offering of an animal, a fragrant fire. It says regarding the burnt offering of a bird, a fragrant fire. It says regarding the meal offering, a fragrant fire. This comes to teach you, one may bring more and another may bring less, as long as they incline their hearts towards heaven. The Mishnah understands that service to God is not valued in absolute terms, but rather in relative terms. If you are a poor person bringing flour, might be a greater sacrifice, a more significant contribution on your part than a rich person's goat or cow, even though those are objectively worth more money. This demonstrates that God sees how hard things are for us and takes that into account. This is why God so values the effort. He knows how much it takes. Only God knows how hard it is for an individual to do a given mitzvah, which parts of their character they are really working to change how much they truly care about God's values of compassion and righteousness. We need to train ourselves to put in effort even when it isn't necessary, to become people who are industrious, who love work and give everything and everyone we come in contact with our care and attention, not just for God's sake, but for the sake of all of the human beings that we interact with. The more our society values ease and efficiency, the more convenient things become. The hidden advantage to this is that any time and effort we are willing to contribute naturally increases in value. When you cook a meal instead of buying it, when you write a letter instead of sending a text, when you go out of your way to visit someone at a time that is inconvenient for you, you are sending the message that you care, that other people are worth the effort. Being inefficient in an age where time is such a valuable commodity, being willing to be unproductive with and for someone else, can be an unparalleled sign of love. Wishing you an unproductive Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Debray Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.